Welcome to the Piece of Cake Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Brianne, and we're here to make your wedding planning a piece, piece of, of cake. cake. Who are we? Just a couple of best friends who are passionate about weddings and all the little details along the way. We've been brides and bridesmaids, day off coordinators, and party planners. We're accountants by day and wedding enthusiasts by night. We'll use our experience and attention to detail to help you plan your special day. We know this is a really exciting time in your life, but the logistics can be stressful. That's where we come in. Tune in with us every week and your wedding will be a piece of cake. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. You know, Emily, a great way to accomplish that is with your accessories. And that's what today's episode is all about. We're going to talk about all the accessories, and that includes for the bride, the bridesmaids, the groom, the groomsmen, etc. So going back to the tradition of something old, something new, if you do want to do that, again, accessories are a great way, and we'll talk about how we did it at our weddings, but it's a totally optional thing. It's kind of a traditional wedding saying that you hear a lot, but no one really like announces what their items are at the <laughs> wedding or anything like that. So it's not something you really have to pay a ton of attention to, but it's just kind of a fun extra thing if you want to. Yeah, we thought it was kind of fun. I don't know if we were a thousand percent intentional about it, but we were discussing earlier and I think we did generally get there mm -hmm. with our items. A couple of the cool things that we did, I know for both of us, our rings, the diamonds on them were our something old. In my case, the diamonds on my wedding band came from my mom's old wedding ring. Yeah, and in my case, two of the side diamonds in my engagement ring were from Ethan's grandma and great-grandma. Nice. And of course, I had to borrow something from Emily, so she lent me a pair of stud earrings, and I wore those in my second piercing so that I could still wear the earrings that I bought from my dress, but then still have that little something borrowed in there, too. And of course, my whole wedding was blue, so that was <laughs> a fun thing. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so in general, when talking about accessories, something to think about throughout this episode is that I think accessories are really a save item rather than a splurge item. Yep. I feel like in a lot of our past episodes, <laughs> we've been like, this is a splurge item and you should spend your money on this. And finally, we're saying, save. Nah, <laughs> don't spend too much money here. Just to tie back into our budget episode, if you remember, we talked about how wedding attire should be about 10% of your budget. Okay, but wedding attire includes a lot of other things. Expensive things, like the wedding dress and the groom's formal wear and any alterations you need for those things. Mm -hmm. And bridesmaids' dresses if you're planning to pay for them or any part of them. And so if you've listened to our dress episode and our bridal party episodes, you know how expensive those things are. So let the accessories be the cheaper item here. So now, as we do, we're going to go through all the different accessories that you could have. Yes. <laughs> First of all, we'll start with bridal, because really, that's why you're here. And number one bridal accessory I think that's probably the most important to think about is the veil. Yep. First of all, you don't have to have a veil. I think that it's really traditional and a lot more brides these days are opting not to, and that's totally cool. But if you're going to have a veil, there are some things to think about within that. 
but we're going to start out by talking about veil length. And maybe you thought that there were only a couple lengths of veils, but surprise, there's what, like at least 10. Mm -hmm. You do not need to know all of these by name or length at all, but thought it would be cool to just go through all of the lengths and we'll just list them all from the shortest to the very longest. Yep. So the first one is just the birdcage veil, which isn't even fully a veil. It's just like a little headpiece that yeah, little has net. that little netting. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it's kind of like in your face or like on your eyes sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yep. From there, you go to shoulder length and then a blusher, then elbow, fingertip, knee length. Luckily, some of these are pretty self-explanatory. From there, there's a waltz length. Then we get to floor, chapel, And finally, the longest veil is the cathedral veil. And just to give you any sort of estimate on that, it says it's about 108 to 120 inches long. And both of us actually had cathedral length veils at ours. Yep. They're really fun to do photos with and things. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So besides just the length of the veil, you also can pick out different style and details on your veil. So for example, there's sparkles and beading and lace and so it's a cool thing if you can pick a veil that matches the style of your dress and then also matches the color of your dress again back to white versus white white and off-white make sure it's the correct color to match your dress so for example Brianne had a really cool veil that was glittery throughout all of the netting and my veil was similar but had just beading around the edge of the whole veil I've seen really cool veils that have lace around the whole edge of the veil to match lace dresses. So there's a ton of options. You can just do a simple veil that doesn't have any details Mm -hmm. because the veil itself is the accessories. I just really love veils. I'm just (laughs) thinking about it and how beautiful the pictures are when you see them all laid out on the ground behind the bride Mm -hmm. and you see those details. And And like walking down the aisle pictures. Yes, it's just so romantic. Yep. Another really important thing to figure out when you're choosing your veil is how it goes with your dress and your hairstyle and especially if you have a dress that has a really intricate back or something you might not want to cover that up with a really long veil or especially details at the bottom of your dress on the back so just consider the different lengths and especially with also your hairstyle figure out how it'll fit into your hairstyle if you want to have it higher or lower and some people do updos and tuck it in underneath Mm -hmm. so just kind of figure out the logistics of your veil and my mom and I actually had a big debate on that because she was under the impression that you put it really high up and kind of have it like floofy on the top Mm -hmm. and I think the trend is becoming more that you wear it just kind of lower and especially with the updos where it's tucked under but so we debated for a long time where on my head it actually (laughs) and then also of course budget figure out which one fits in your budget yep a cathedral length veil might cost more than a bird's cage it definitely does (laughs) And then I had a really good experience. I ended up getting two veils. This is a long story related to Alfred Angelo. But I got two veils and they were the exact same veil, but one was elbow length and then one was cathedral length. And so I was able to try both of them on with my dress and originally thought I wanted a shorter veil just with the style of my dress and my height and everything. But once I had tried both of them on, everything kind of just worked out better with the long veil. So you have the option at the stores to try on different veil lengths. That would be a really great thing because you might 
see something different than what you're picturing. Mm -hmm. I think it can depend on where the natural waist of your dress is and if a certain length of the veil would kind of cut you off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so next is hair pieces. This is one of my favorite (laughs) things because I love crowns and my wedding day is one of the only days in my life where I was actually allowed to wear a crown. So, of course, I had a crown. You can also wear headbands, and there's a thousand different kinds of these. I had a jeweled headband that I wore that was actually just on a ribbon that's tied behind. But obviously, there's ones that are stiffer and that Mm -hmm. you can put in. Also, headbands that are made of flowers or Mm -hmm. greenery sort of ones that basically sit on top of your head. I really liked that you had the ribbon kind of headband because... I actually get headaches from normal headbands, and that would suck on your wedding day. Me too. That's why I did the ribbon (laughs) one. Very smart. And then there's also more of like a comb or barrette style one that can have a whole number of details also, and that just kind of sticks into your hair wherever you want it, whether that's in the back in your updo or towards Mm -hmm. the front, depending on the shape and style of whatever hair accessory it is. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then one note on the hair pieces and the veils is think about your comfort level. So these things can be heavy and bulky and kind of awkward. So some good advice is if you want to wear those things, wear them for your ceremony and your pictures and then take them off when it's time to go dance and have fun. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have like a bridesmaid or a parent or something that can help you take them off because Mm -hmm. you don't want to mess up your whole hairdo Mm -hmm. by taking them out. (laughs) Okay, next accessory is a belt. This isn't a necessary accessory, but it is a helpful accessory. So if you still at this point haven't listened to our dress episode, please go back and listen because first of all, I think it's our best episode. But second of all, we really talk about how helpful a belt can be. Yep. It can totally change the look of the dress. And again, lots of options on belts. There's sparkly ones. There's ones that are just satin or have a bow. Pick one that complements your dress and... It can do wonders. (laughs) Next is a fun category. It's undergarments or lack thereof. And what do we mean by that, Emily? So originally I thought, both of us thought, that you had to wear some undergarments under your dress and have shapewear or whatever to, you know, feel your best. (laughs) But a lot of dresses have basically all of that built in and you really don't need to wear much under your dress mm-hmm. and so when we went to go try on dresses the people at the store were really helpful and like you just talk about all that stuff and lay it out there and they help you figure it out but basically we didn't have to wear a bra or shapewear or anything because they had built-in corsets built-in boning built-in pads so yeah. everything was just really sucked in and awesome and felt great and <laughs> didn't have to wear basically anything underneath I say this in the dress episode, but let me say it again. Wedding dresses are magic. I've always been self-conscious about my stomach, and I got put into a fitted wedding dress and looked awesome. I don't know what they do in there, but they keep you all locked and loaded. Yep. That's what the lady at the... When I tried all my dress, she did the corset. She's like, you have a crazy hourglass figure. And I'm like, I have never in my life (laughs) thought that about myself, but thank you. (laughs) So it's just magical things happen. But... Some dresses don't have that built in, especially if you're doing more of a simple dress or a sheath dress. And so those, they might not have all of that built in shaping stuff Mm -hmm. that you want. Especially if it's like a satin or a silky material. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you might want to wear a strapless bra 
obviously the bra situation depends on the back and Mm -hmm. the straps of your dress. Same with if you want to wear shapewear at all, just make sure it can go with your dress and doesn't show any lines through the dress. And again, doesn't show if you have a backless dress, then obviously that wouldn't work. So things like that. Mm -hmm. There's also a petticoat that you would wear under. I don't know if it's as much of a thing recently, but you know, it goes under your dresses and makes it more poofy. And my dress was already poofy enough, but maybe there's a dress out there that needs it. Oh, okay. And then I think this is important to point out. Around your wedding time and maybe at your shower or your bachelorette party, you'll probably receive a lot of cute undergarments. And I think when I was getting married, I was under the impression that you get these and wear them under your wedding dress because that's kind of what you think of or what you see in like old getting ready photos. But actually, you could just save those for later. (laughs) Yeah, wear something comfortable under your dress or nothing if needed. But yeah, you don't have to wear all of those fancy things you get until later. (laughs) So another fun accessory is jewelry. And obviously there's a ton of different kinds of jewelry you can get. The most obvious one that you're going to be wearing is your wedding ring and wedding band. But we're going to do a separate episode on rings later. Yes, that's a topic of its own. Mm -hmm. So there's also necklaces. I think the most important thing on a necklace is to consider the neckline of your dress. So my advice is usually if it's a pretty simple neckline or a strapless dress, then you've got some area to fill and you might want to wear a necklace. Totally didn't even follow that advice myself, so do whatever you want. But if you do have a more involved neckline, maybe it's like an illusion neckline or a high neck or something like that, then you don't want too much going on up there. Yeah. There's also, you can have a matching bracelet with your necklace and earrings. That's kind of more common at weddings, just they're like formal and things. It's a good day to dress up and wear bracelets. (laughs) And then earrings, we'll dig into that a little bit more. I think something important on earrings is to keep in mind the style of your hair. Especially if you're going to have your hair in an updo, then it's nice to have some more substantial earrings to kind of fill that space. Oh, and then one more note on jewelry is that Sometimes you'll get jewelry as nice gifts around your wedding time or even on your wedding day. And while that's super awesome, you are not obligated to wear that jewelry. You've probably already perfectly coordinated your whole outfit and it just might not fit in. And that's okay to really appreciate that gift and wear it later, but you don't have to wear it on your wedding day. Yep. So the next accessory is shoes. And there's kind of two main categories, heels or flats for your wedding. I went with flats, obviously, being really, really tall, and I basically never wear heels, so that was kind of an obvious choice for me. And flip side, I wore six-inch heels on my wedding day. (laughs) But something really important to consider is the kind of ground you'll be walking on, because if, for example, your ceremony is out on the grass, you really don't want to wear like stiletto heels because you'll be poking into the grass as you walk down the <laughs> aisle and that's not so good. Yes. So maybe wedges would be a really good option. Plus they're usually more comfortable and stable to walk on. Yes, I'm a huge proponent of wedges. I wore wedges. My bridesmaids wore wedges. I love them. <laughs> Uh, Another great option is if you have one really cool pair of shoes that's fancy or you just love them, but maybe they're not the most comfortable, you can wear those for your ceremony, then have backup shoes for the reception. Yep, I switched to some David's Bridal flip-flops for my dancing. Yep. And then you could also be really creative. So there's some Kate Spade sparkly sneakers that are cute. 
And also you can do really cute things where you like write on the bottom of your shoes. I've seen ones that say I do or they have the husband or spouse to be right on the bottom, a cute note or something so that when you're taking pictures or walking down the aisle, you can see that it's cute. Mm -hmm. I think shoes are just a really great way to be creative because they don't have to follow tradition and you don't really see them that much. So you can sneak some fun things in there. Mm -hmm. Okay, next is the garter. First of all, you don't actually have to have a garter if you don't want to, but if you do, you can do some fun things with it. So for mine, I found a garter that had the Seattle Mariners baseball team logo on it, and that was really fun for Parker and I because that's where we got engaged and we just really loved the Mariners, so it's a really cool way to subtly bring in some of our personality and relationship to the wedding. There's also fun ones that can actually like hold a flask or something. So they can they can do fun things. One note on mine is that I actually didn't even end up wearing my garter down the aisle. I'm really glad I got it. It looked cool and it was in my detail photos. And then we have some really nice photos of me putting it on during my getting ready that I like. But then once I had it on, I was like, this isn't comfortable. Eh, I took it off. And I kind of had the opposite where it, mine wasn't anything super special. So I didn't even have it in my getting ready pictures or anything, and I forgot to put mine on (laughs) until a few minutes before the garter toss, and then I realized I didn't have it, and I sent one of my bridesmaids to go find it so I could sneak it on under the table. (laughs) So there's different ways to do it. So that is all of the bridal accessories, and now we will dig into the bridesmaid accessories. A lot of these are pretty similar to the bride ones, so we won't dig in too much, but there are a couple differences that we'll touch on. Yeah, so again, for jewelry, you have necklaces, earrings, bracelets. On these, we'd recommend just going really cheap on them because they're not even in the real detailed pictures like the bridal ones. Mm -hmm. If you're buying them for your bridesmaids, you don't really need the extra cost, and they're probably going to only be worn this once that's all you really need them for. So if they don't last past that, it's okay. Another option is to incorporate them into your bridesmaid gifts if you do want to have a little bit nicer ones. And so I did that for my wedding. I bought jewelry sets that was a necklace and earrings for all my bridesmaids and had that as part of their bridesmaid gifts. Mm -hmm. In general, when I think about the bridesmaids jewelry, I just think it's nice to have it consistent So, like, I didn't want my bridesmaids wearing some of their own random jewelry. Yeah, for sure. And even further, like, make sure they don't have a ponytail on their wrist or their Apple Watch on or something. Just the overall consistency, I think, is the main goal of it. And then for shoes, it's very similar again. Flats versus heels. Make sure that everyone is comfortable in the shoes that they're walking in and can walk in their shoes since they'll be walking down the aisle. Shoes you can kind of go in a couple different ways. So you can have everyone wear the exact same pair of shoes, which can be tricky if you have anyone with funky sizes feet, which like me, I have big (laughs) feet, so I sometimes have problems finding shoes. But kind of an easier, better option maybe is just to have a color or a style that you want them to be consistent with. Like at my wedding, I had everyone just wear silver shoes and they could be flats or heels or wedges or whatever, but everything was just silver. Yes, I think it's important to allow your bridesmaid to wear flats or heels as they prefer. Because like we've mentioned, I'm very short. I have to wear heels. There is no way in heck I would be in a formal dress without heels on. 
And I can't wear heels at all. So I get to wear flats. So don't ever have us both in your wedding and then tell us we have to wear a specific shoe because it's it not logistically feasible. And then there's also extra fun things you can do like cowboy boots or pink tennis shoes or something. Mm -hmm. So fun things. And it depends if you're even going to see the shoes. So if you have long bridesmaid dresses, you're not even going to see those probably in any of the photos, really. But if you have short dresses, then maybe it is something to care a little bit more about or do one of those fun things, like you said. Yep. For hair accessories for bridesmaids, they're not usually as much of a thing compared to the bride. But there are some cutesy things you can do. Like we kind of talked about the flower crowns or headbands Mm -hmm. that are pretty trendy right now. At my wedding, we got bobby pins that had jewels on them or like a rhinestone on the end and we like pinned them into the updos so they just had extra bling so you can do a cute little things like that if you want to just add some extra flair for your bridesmaids mm-hmm. so that wraps up bridesmaid accessories overall we just say go easy on the bridesmaid accessories don't spend too much don't over accessorize it's just not necessary and now we're gonna move on to the men so if you listen to our last episode on bridal party attire, you would have heard how the guys actually have a ton of different accessories already kind of built into their outfit. So a quick recap on that. They have, for example, a tie, a vest, a cummerbund, pocket square, cufflinks, socks, suspenders, and actually a boutonniere is even an accessory. So for example, at my wedding, Ethan gave out fun socks in our colors, but they all had different patterns to all of his groomsmen, and then they took a fun sock picture. This is random, but I've seen online somewhere having t-shirts underneath the button-up shirts, and the one I saw was all different superheroes, and then they, like, opened up their button-ups for cute pictures, so you can do some fun things like that. Mm -hmm. And then shoes are generally pretty standard for guys, but you can have fun with them, too, if you wanted them to all wear Converse or something kind of different like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Sort of similar to the bridesmaids where you want to make sure they're not doing their own thing with accessories. Guys, too, they don't necessarily wear jewelry, but possibly a watch. Mm. And maybe some of them wear jewelry and you might want to just consider what your bridal party's doing and make sure you want them to wear what they have. But, for example, like Ethan in our wedding, I made sure that he wasn't wearing his smartwatch that he has and made him wear his real watch because I'd gotten him a nice watch a few years before that. Because I didn't want him to be getting funny notifications during the middle of the wedding. Even though his he has like a smartwatch that looks like a regular watch, it's just not good. So things like that you can consider too. <laughs> okay, so as we've been saying throughout the episode, definitely want to stay low cost on these things. And so of course, we'll give you some money saving tips and tricks. So first of all, buy online. So in my example, the wedges that I had a lot of my bridesmaids buy came from Amazon, as does everything. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, I went Black Friday shopping for my bridesmaid jewelry and got a pretty good deal on it. And that was really good. For my bridesmaid jewelry, I ordered it on some random bulk website in some other country. And that's a good note, too, on the bulk, because if you're going to be buying a lot of these things, a lot of times you can do some sort of bulk packages or discounts. And Etsy has a lot of cutesy things, so they're not necessarily money-saving budget items, but it's a great way to find matching or cute accessories. Mm -hmm. And then if it's not online, consider cheap stores 
My best example is Claire's. It's just cheap teenage costume jewelry, but the quality doesn't matter. You're probably only going to wear it for one day and no one cares if it's real gold or silver or anything as long as it looks nice. Another money-saving tip is you don't actually have to go out and buy all of these things. This is a great way to tie in family heirlooms or borrowed jewelry like Brianna and I said. So if you have necklace that your mom wore at her wedding that would match your dress, like that mm-hmm. would be a really great way to tie that in. Or if you can borrow your friend's veil from her wedding or your sister or whatever, there's a lot of ways to borrow and share or use family jewelry or accessories in this case. And that would also be a really great way to save money. And it ties back into checking off something your... Something old, something new, <laughs> something borrowed, something blue. And then just our last kind of note is... If it doesn't matter to you, skip it. You don't need a bracelet. You don't need all of these extra things. And you don't need to be spending more money than you want. So just, yeah, go easy on accessories. So that leads us to the three key ingredients that will make accessorizing your wedding a piece of cake. Number one, go low budget on your accessories. Number two, Accessories are a great way to be creative and show your personality. And number three, just make sure your accessories create a cohesive look. If you enjoyed listening to us and feel like you actually got some good takeaways and tangible tips for your wedding planning, please, please, please go rate us, review us, share us with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at pieceofcake.planning. Or you can email us at pieceofcake.planning podcast at outlook.com so keep listening and share it with your friends thanks and we hope your wedding planning is a piece piece of cake. cake